What up, y'all? Hey, y'all. We back. Yes, we are. And still black, in case y'all was wondering and shit, because, you know. <laughs> Period. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, another yep. episode of Test the Town Tea. We're back to our regular structure. Um, right. We were going to wait until we got back to the studio, but anybody going back to the studio anytime soon. I mean, no. Um, Corona's still going on. Even though I heard on the East Coast, everybody living their best lives. Girl. Cali, we're just. <laughs> We're really you know. not. <laughs> Although, <laughs> people kind of are. Uh, I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm percentage-wise, like, 25% living my best life, so. Right, right. 75%, like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm with you there. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, uh, crazy. we're still on lockdown over here, so nobody is going to be going back to the studio anytime soon, so we're going back to regular structure. Right. And we're excited about it because we miss regular structure you know mm-hmm. we miss having a little flow but uh yeah so with that mm-hmm. we're gonna start with our would you rather let's do it so this one is either traumatizing either way oh, um i literally don't want either of these to happen would you rather <laughs> walk in on your parents getting it on oh, my God. or have them walk in on you Either way, I'm like, hail to the fuck now. <laughs> if the option is no, no, and no, I would like to take... <laughs> I would just die. <laughs> okay. I'll take no for 500,000 points, Alex. Um, <laughs> so if rather... I think I would rather walk in on my parents than them walk in on me. Just because, at least right now, it's like, ill. I don't want to see that. But like, I'm an, I'm an adult enough to know, like, all right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it would be less embarrassing for me. (laughs) (laughs) It might be very embarrassing for them, but for me, I'm like, okay, disgusting. (laughs) Oh, so like you'll be okay, but they'll be scarred. But right, (laughs) (laughs) I think I would be way more embarrassed if they walked in on me. Even though like I'm grown, but it's like just a parent child. You know what I mean? It's just like Mm -hmm. I. I want none of it. Also, like, I don't know. My parents are from overseas. I mean, truly, nobody wants to see their parents ever have. It's going to be traumatic. But I'm, I'm like, hoping it'll be, like, a quick, whoop, oh, nope, oh, nope, and I can quickly block it out. And it's more embarrassing. No, you have to see every, you have to see every, every. <laughs> The whole thing. They just, but Buki naked. <laughs> Not Buki, but Buki. <laughs> What about yeah. you? Um, oof. Yeah, either way, I'm like, uh, is death an option? Um, cause <laughs> I, I just don't want to see that, nor do I want them to see True. me. So no. dang. But if I had to choose, oh gosh. Ugh. Yeah, I guess I would rather walk in on them, even though ugh, both choices are just like no. <laughs> At least for but yeah, that that was a tough one. So uh, let us know what you guys would choose. I mean, okay. not that I'm that interested, but I'm just kind of <laughs> a little bit interested to see how y'all be rocking. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. Woo, 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 woo. All right. Well, with that, we're just going to um, transition into the no better, do better. Um, so yeah, I was just 
honestly, I was just straight up looking for something for this segment. And for those of you who don't know, if you're new to uh, Tinseltown Tea, No Better Do Better is basically um, a segment where we share something that we've learned or something that we've come across that helps us, you know, become better screenwriters, mostly in that context. It can be something, you know, motivational or inspirational, but in this context, it is actually about um, screenwriting. So um, I was specifically looking for this segment because I was like, man, what have I learned? Um, quarantine is terrible, but it's better than getting the Rona. Like what else? Like, so I looked up sort of best advice from like, aspiring or uh black screenwriters because so i figured this would be and i came across this uh nylon magazine um article and it came out um actually in 2016 and i'll share it with you but it's a list of black writers most of them who are uh novel writers um but of course some of their work has um translated into uh movies and television and so there was a quote from um terry mcmillan and um if you're not sure of her you know she wrote i still got a groove back she's written a lot of books that have gone into um screenplays the one of the more famous one is i believe stella got a groove back and waiting to exhale i just watched uh, stella <laughs> yep so um, Terry's quote, um, basically from this article, it says, write as if you're telling a story to a friend. Write as if no one is ever going to read it. Don't write to compete with other writers. Don't edit while writing a draft or you'll never finish. So I thought that was like really, like even though there are several key points in there, but like those are great reminders for a lot, a lot of writers, no matter what you're writing, um, especially me, because I know I will, I will stay on one thing forever, just obsessing over which word and how to edit it. And I will never get through it. Um, and also like, just a reminder, like we shouldn't, it is a competitive field in screenwriting, but you know, we have to write as if we're not in a competition. Cause truly, if you're working on your own voice, your voice will stand out, you know, amongst the crowd in many different ways. And a lot of us actually, you know, have gotten into writer's room and we're experiencing that and a lot of our stuff is published or whatever but the more you write like this not like as if you're in competition one it'll help you actually enjoy writing when you're not having all that pressure on you to just you know get it out um and two it'll helps you to focus on your own uh craft and your own what's the word i think i just said it your own style and your own voice. There we go. It helps you develop your own voice. So it's much harder when we fall into the comparison trap. And it's so much out here for us to compare each other with. And it's better to just act as if you're writing your own story with your friends. So I think that quote was helpful in terms of taking out the sort of the pressure, the pressurized, how, take off the pressure, quite frankly, especially if you're in LA or New York, where there's like, big competition for a lot of the writers whether it's you know novels or script writing this is a good quote so especially from a successful writer as terry mcmillan so yeah that is the no better do better make sure you write as if you're you know telling a story to your friend um you know write as if no one is going to read it do not don't write to compete and don't edit while you're writing or you'll never finish so i think those are great and honestly learn from from the best as much as possible and that's that
facts really mm-hmm. good advice i love uh me some terry mcmillan yes. so you saying it bitch you better fucking leave me okay um so yeah great advice i'll definitely be taking that as i'm mm-hmm. doing some riding trying to do some riding this week so i will be taking that Girl. into All right, so moving straight into news. Yes. We got some really good little stories for y'all. A lot has been happening in the black and brown entertainment space, which is yes. all we were calling, guys, if you guys didn't know. Our news section is uh, mostly about black and brown entertainment news, because hello. <laughs> that's uh, what we get. what we do. Okay, because enough, uh, uh, the whites get enough coverage other places. Period. So, yeah, starting with the trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah. You've probably seen it all over social media. I know I have. I can't so go a day without seeing that motherfucking trailer. But I don't know Because guess what? I'm watching it every single time. Point it blank. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. One of the best trailers I've seen in a while. The music. The scenes. Just the acting. Just subpar. Such a great trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, The only thing that confuses me at the bottom it said, or at the bottom, at the end, at the end it says, <laughs> Only in theaters. So I'm like, hey, mm. I don't know how that's what that means or how that's gonna work. But uh, y'all yeah. better have some mm-hmm. pop up drive in theaters. Y'all yeah, better- yeah. I, that's like it literally says that at the end. So I'm like, maybe they forgot to change it. I don't know. But a lot of people were like, what you mean only in theaters? Like what? But um, we'll see. Um, how you guys can. Uh, see it we'll probably update you guys on how that works but basically it's from warner bros um so it's gonna be a film about black panther party chairman fred hampton which you guys if you know your history probably know of this man um so the official description is in 1968 a young charismatic activist named fred hampton became chairman of the illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party who were fighting for freedom, the power to determine the destiny of the Black community and an end to police brutality and the slaughter of Black people. Chairman Fred was inspiring a generation to rise up and not back down to oppression, which put him directly in the line of fire of the government, the FBI, and the Chicago police. But to destroy the revolution, they had to do it from both the outside and the inside. Facing prison time, William O'Neill is offered a deal by the FBI. If he'll infiltrate the Black Panthers and provide intel on Hampton, he will walk free. O'Neill takes the deal, snitch ass. Now Now comrade in arms in the Black Panther Party, O'Neill lives in fear that his treachery will be discovered even as he rises in the ranks. But as Hampton's fiery message draws him in, O'Neill cannot escape the deadly trajectory of his ultimate betrayal. Damn! Who fuck wrote that? Damn. Now, yeah, yeah. So I'm... Oh, gosh. Oh, if the trailer didn't hook you, that official description yeah. should definitely hook you. Um, that sounds absolutely amazing. It tells a story that I haven't really heard about. I haven't really heard about William O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Probably because he's a snitch-ass nigga. But um, <laughs> I'm very interested to kind of see how that played out. So it stars Daniel Kalua, which you guys should know by now, as Fred Hampton. And Lakeith Stanfield plays William O'Neill. Very excited to see those two get together again. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're going to kill it regardless. So. Right. Sheet. Um, it also stars Jesse Plemons, which I think is a white dude. Um, he's the white guy that's playing like the FBI agent, or whatever. Dominique Fishback, very talented young black woman. She's been in the Deuce, a whole bunch of other stuff. She's oh, nice. been making her way 
yeah, she's making her way, you know, to the top. She's very, very talented. Ashton Sanders, Algie Smith, who was in the um, New Edition movie and Ooh. was in Euphoria. Oh, so well, he come played on. Ralph Test Band. Okay. Okay. Um, or whatever the series was. So shout okay. out to him for getting a well, role in this. Um, very, very, yeah, very excited to see him be in something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's directed by Shaka King in come his on. studio feature film directorial debut. What a King who has a long relationship with filmmaker Ryan Coogler, pitched the film to him and Macro's Charles D. King, who are producers on the film. Mm-hmm. Executive producers are who I can't even pronounce. I'm gonna say some of them. <laughs> Seth Ohanian, Zinzi okay. Coogler, who I okay. Related to Ryan Coogler. Yeah, that might be his wife. Oh, probably his wife. Um, Kim Roth, Poppy Hanks, Robbie Mehta, Jeff Skoll, Anika McLaren, and some others. So those are executive producers, the Warner Bros. presentation in association with Macro Films, participants, and Braun Creative, and will be distributed worldwide by Warner Bros. Pictures. Okay. Um, We're still, like I said, getting details on how it's going to be distributed because... That part. um, Ain't no theaters gonna be open as long as I can tell. But um, and if they are, why? We'll see how many people go. Yeah. So if y'all want to make y'all money, let's do the smart thing and just do on demand. Mm-hmm. Because I will definitely be buying and watching in my bed. So um, yeah, really excited for this. This uh, project is going to be amazing. Yeah. I did see some people because you know people on Instagram gotta say whatever they want to say. They like why they got uh, um. Somebody who's not even American playing Fred Hampton, as you guys probably know, Daniel Kaluuya is uh, British, but the nigga's still black. So um, to those that people part. who are saying that, just chill. Like, like I don't know why we have to be so um, critical of everything, but yeah. he's going to kill the role and he's still black. So yeah. just just stop that noise right now if you're one of those people who are <laughs> shit like that. Just stop it, okay? Yes. Please. For love of God. next we got my girl lizzo she inks a first look deal with amazon to develop tv projects okay that's what's up i'm scared of her so shadow and act all these stories from shadow and act by the way has confirmed that she inked her first look deal to develop projects for television that will premiere exclusively on amazon prime video in more than 200 countries and Okay. So a little statement from her. She says she's uh, excited to partner with them and she can't wait to get started and share her vision with the world. So a statement from Amazon. They're saying that Lizzo is one of the most exciting, creative, joyful artists in the industry and it's such a pleasure to announce this new deal. She has such a unique perspective and we're so excited to hear her ideas for new content that our Prime Video customers are sure to love. So I'm no further details right now but either way i'm be excited to see with what she comes up with i mean mm-hmm. i'm sure it's gonna be exciting and fun nice. and damn good yep so next story is kiki palmer joins the proud family revival series at disney plus hey so i feel like we um we talked about this on the news probably last year earlier this year that Disney Plus is going to be doing a Proud Family Revival, mm-hmm. and they just revealed a new character that Kiki is going to be playing, um, and this character is going to be Maya, oh Lord, Lebowitz Jenkins. Um, <laughs> so it. she's a 14-year-old activist, and um, 
Yeah, so I'm guessing she's a black activist, which is going to be a nice character to yeah. add to the show. We need something like that for the kids to see, to yeah. see that they can, you know, be, they can do things even as, you know, their kids, they can still find ways to change the world. Sure. So official description of the revival series, picking up the story of the central character, Penny Proud, the new series will also include her family. Um, Oscar and Trudy have twin siblings, BB and CC, oh, bad Grandmother, Sugar Mama, and Pug. Um, coming back will also be Dijanae Jones, who was a terrible friend, by the way. La Fiena <laughs> Boulevard. La Fiena Boulevard is. Oh my gosh. Sorry, y'all. That is my dog playing with a little toy. And Zoe. <laughs> um, so everyone is pretty much coming back. Kyla Pratt's coming back. Tommy Davidson, Paula J. Parker. Uh, Marie Patton's coming back as Sugar Mama. Hey. Melina White as Dijanae. The lady that played Zoe, the lady that played La Cienega, and Cedric will also return as Uncle Bobby Proud, which I didn't even know that he played. Uncle right. Bobby. Okay, he did he did a damn good job. So um it kicked off production earlier this year, um, which means that it probably will come out next year. I mean, I don't have official that's not official, but just off of guessing it. It'll come out next year. So if you got Disney Plus, nice. look out for that. But also speaking of Disney Plus, y'all, please watch your accounts because um, somebody been logging on to my sisters and watching what? the shit finish. They don't make their own profile everything on her Disney Plus child. And oh watching my God. <laughs> so please, I know when Disney Plus first came out, people was talking about this shit was getting hacked. So just watch your Disney Plus account. Yeah. Um, Damn. Please. Because people will be really be taking people's shit and not paying for it. Come on, y'all. Get it together. So, next one, Issa Rae is producing an HBO documentary called Seen and Heard, Exploring and Celebrating Black Television. So, it's currently in production at HBO. It's going to be a two-part doc um, exploring the history of Black television as seen through the eyes of trailblazers who wrote, produced, created, and starred in groundbreaking series of the past and present. So Issa is going to be the executive producer. Nice. Um, official description for this project, the documentary will offer cultural commentary about representation in Black storytelling and feature interviews with actors, showrunners, writers, celebrities, and other notable influencers as well as verite-driven segments and inventive use of archival material. So the featured participants will reflect on their own experiences watching African-Americans represented on television yesterday and today while sharing insights into their current creative endeavors, personal experiences, and inspiration, providing a window into the larger evolution of Black storytellers across television history. So that sounds really, really good, whoever wrote that as well. Um, That's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm very excited to see that. It's going to be really exciting for me as someone who grew up watching all things Black television. It's going to be very exciting for me to see. Um, It was interesting to see that they're going to have inventive use of archival material. I wonder what that means. Yeah. We're going to find the fuck out, huh? That's true. Also, it'll be like, because at first I was thinking like, oh, it's going to be like all these Black creators, which it is. But like, if we go back in time, like if we look at Black television sitcoms, like the person who dominated that was Norman Lear, who was like, you know, white Mm -hmm. guy, right? So we're going to see a lot of like, a mixture of folks particularly if you go back in the past when even if they were mainly black shows the writers rooms were predominantly white so yep, I think it's interesting yeah. to see that 
yeah, facts. Because even back then, we didn't have a lot of us behind the scenes making these shows, which is kind of sad. But and yeah. we still, we still don't got a lot of us today. Girl, <laughs> hopefully, but, I mean, hopefully, the ones that they did have are still with us. You know what I mean? It yes, uh, experience. Um, but yeah, girl, it's like same problem, it's, different day. They just found out this year that uh, people right? are discriminated against. I'm like, wait a minute now. <laughs> People just discovered that we um, uh, were still facing racism. <laughs> Talk about. Ooh, this is a real side side note. Y'all going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so at my company, we have like, a, he's a chief executive something. And we have, so now my company's all about diversity and shit and blah, 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 which they didn't really talk about before. So now they have a whole diversity team or whatever. And one of the chief executives uh, we had a little meeting about it. He told a story and he said up until June of this year, he did not think racism was still a thing. <laughs> I said, sir. Sir, bring your face close to you so I can smack you. <laughs> bow, bow. And, we, and he is a whole chief executive something or other in the company. Like, um, I'm through. So it just kind of goes to show, like, people just really don't know what's going on if they're not experiencing it themselves, which is sad. And we still got a long way to go. But hopefully this show will kind of ignite the fires within um, our Black creators, the story shows that we have now, and make them want to get out there and tell our stories. Because people are still um, just confused out here. (laughs) They don't know what's going on. Which is like, what the hell? Like, when he said that, I said, sir. I had to log off, child. I definitely had to log off. <laughs> I said, goodbye. I'll see y'all tomorrow because y'all get a minute. Yeah, so side note, y'all. Sorry, but I had to let y'all know just how abysmal it is out here. My but, God. Um, for folks. My Lord. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the documentary is produced, directed by a documentarian. Ooh, that's a cool word. Nice. Phil Bettelson, an executive produced by Issa Rae and Montrell McKay of Issa Rae Productions. Nice. Three Entertainment's Jonathan Berry and David Becky and Arc Media's Rachel Dredson and Esther Dirt. So shout out to those folks for getting nice. this going. Um, there's no release date yet, but I'm pretty sure it will be coming out. I mean, I'm so Yeah. I'm guessing if they already have all this info about it, then it should yeah. be coming out soon. Yeah. So y'all yeah, look out for that on HBO. It'll be dope. All right. So next, <laughs> Viola Davis says she will only work, and this is from the Grio. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the Grio, she will only work with hairstylists who are familiar with black hair. Well, <sighs> that's <laughs> a word, honestly. <laughs> so if you guys didn't know, I mean, some people didn't even know racism still existed until like two months ago. So right. in case you didn't know, there is such a thing that for a lot of actors and people who work, you know, behind the scenes and they have to get their hair done on sets, they deal with hairstylists who don't know how to do black hair. Right. So um, that is a thing. It's a very sad thing. I think yeah. if you're a hairstylist, why the fuck you don't know how to do all types of hair? If you want to call yourself a hairstylist. a hairstylist. But that exists. And Viola Davis said, no the fuck. I didn't with it any more. Okay. She no. said she's not dealing with it no more. And I feel sis. Because that must be very disheartening to know that your white co-stars or your um, any co-stars that have straighter hair or whatever are going to be looking tick and tie and slaying. And you got to go out there looking 
a whole ass mess. Crazy. I mean, we've, we've seen it before. I mean, sometimes I'd be wondering, I'm watching shows like, why the fuck is the black actor's hair looking like that? And everybody else look good. Yep. Like, yep. it's because they are like stylists behind the scenes who just don't know how to do our hair. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Viola Davis says she is refusing to work with hairstylists who can't do black hair so she said this in a recent video video interview and she says that has not been my narrative lately in terms of hair because she refused it she rejects it so um she also says she doesn't think that people understand our hair they don't understand that we're different Mm -hmm. and yet the same what i find is hair is something that a lot of people don't honor when you do film which is very fucking sad so i don't know why we gotta be looking cray cray and everybody else get to look cute. So this is also in the fashion industry as well. A lot of the white models, their hair gets did yep. looking good, but then the black models, their hair just be looking a fucking mess, like mm-hmm. because no one knows how to do it, or they don't even get their hair done. Right. Which is very very sad. So Awful. if you are a hairstylist listening and you want to do like, Lord Jesus, this puppy, and you want to <laughs> shout what is, what is your and you want to do <laughs> lord jesus y'all sorry. i have a new puppy who is just wrecking havoc so if your hairstylist listening and you want to do hair for film or in or film or tv industry just know that we definitely need you please, please. and you don't even got to be black like we just need everybody to know how to work with black folks hair it's not fair it ain't all fair. types of hair textures know how to do that exactly but, it ain't felt it ain't right yeah okay. so next if my computer wants to work so ooh, so i'm excited about this shari mm. belafonte who is harry belafonte's daughter mm. is going to be producing a docuseries on racism in the fashion industry hey, hey. so i'm very excited about this as i have worked in fashion for the last couple of years that's mm-hmm. kind of what i've been doing so far and it's very racist mm. af um, and I'm glad that people are speaking up about it and talking yep. about it. Um, so she's going to be partnering up with Love Productions USA and Bolo Media. It's going to be called Black Cat Walking. Ooh. And it will give audiences, that's a good name, ain't it? Yeah. And it will give audiences an in-depth look into the fashion industry and will feature other prolific Black supermodels. It will also explore the industry's unjust treatment of Black people. Ooh. Okay. Come on. Okay, y'all better expose. Um, and WME is currently shopping the Donkey series, which okay. has accrued interest from networks and streamers okay. looking to diversify their programming slates. Um, what a gross word now. Ugh, okay. Ugh, um, so, um, yeah, I will be looking out for that. Hopefully it lands somewhere soon. Yeah. But um, hopefully it's like on a streaming service that I yeah. can watch because yes. Yeah. I'm thinking Netflix. Yeah. Um, That's where documentaries are really thriving now. The more popular yeah. ones, docu-series, like Netflix is really like shutting that, that whole game down. I'm like, okay. Exactly. And Netflix to me has always been the most diverse out of all of the networks. True. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't give it to one of these other networks because it's going to be, it's going to be fake because yeah. it's not like they gave a fuck about diversity before. And Netflix yeah. kind of always been about it. I ain't going to say they like top dog. I ain't going right. to give them a car yet. Right. But um, they always been about it. So I hope yeah. Netflix scoops it up. Yep. All right. Next. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. 
though, Zoe Saldana regret, regrets, regrets <laughs> her Nina Simone biopic in a tearful apology. Sis says she should have never played Nina Simone. And <sighs> this has been a topic for the last couple years since this thing came out in 2016. Right. right. Um, so she was on Instagram Live talking to the Pose co-creator, Stephen Canales. Mm-hmm. And she said she regret playing Nina Simone, which <laughs> Chile, we regret it too. This from the trailer. Um, I was like, no, ma'am. Mm-mm. Yeah, everyone was shook AF when they saw this trailer come out. She was wearing blackface, basically. Oh. And she had pro, pro, uh, prosthetics. Yeah, prosthetic nose. To um, try to get Nina Simone's nose. Like, girl. Girl. Just girl. No. Just wow. <laughs> you gotta do all that. Then I'm gonna need you to let it go. Because there are plenty other beautiful dark-skinned actresses with beautiful black noses who could have played Nina and probably looked more like her. Yeah. I have no idea, absolutely none, why they would even think of Zoe. What? No. No. Like, just no. Um, So basically, she said, I should never play Nina. I should have done everything in my power with the leverage that I had 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, which was a different leverage, but it was leverage Mm. nonetheless. I should have tried everything in my power to cast a Black woman to play an exceptionally perfect Black woman. Mm. Um, And she was crying, too, in the video. If you you really want to see the video, it's Mm. on Twitter, I think, or... Um, just search Zoe Sadana, Nina Simone, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, she said that she thought back then that she had the permission because she was a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Nina, and Nina had a life and journey that should be honored to the specific details. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, the rest of her statement, I don't really care to read because it's okay. like, because. Okay. Like okay, girl. Like, all right. Get it. Like you, she knew she knew the end, but I don't know why. Oh, I just, I just don't know why that happened. Yep. It's kind of a disgrace to Nina Simone, if you ask me. Shit. Period. I, mean, I think it's disrespectful um, that they would even do some shit like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're interested in hearing the rest of her statement, just Google the shit and you can yeah. still crunch about it. Google the about kids, whatever, girl. I just know. Please do it. Like, I'm done. Anyway. I'm done with it. I hate stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. Just, it's, and then it's like, that happened before and now all this stuff coming out, now you want to be crying about it. Like, yeah. that happened in 2016, sis. Yeah. Um, now you want to be crying about it after all this yeah. stuff. So it's, it's just very... The black face of it all. I was like, yeah. It's convenient timing for me. Like, yeah, yeah. There's so many other like black actresses who could have done that, and yep. it's just, ugh, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, last news is a fun one. Ah! <laughs> there was a so if you guys haven't seen the, I think it's pronounced WAP or WAP. I think it's WAP. Yeah. Video um, that Meg the Stallion mm. and uh, Cardi B released. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys watched it, you probably were disgusted like me when in the middle of the video you see somebody walking and then you turn around and then you notice that it's Kylie Jenner. So Kylie Jenner literally got her own like her own feature in their video. So long. Um, reason so long. and I don't know why I was enjoying the video up until that point and I me and my sister definitely like wanted to turn it off after that because yeah. like why did she get her own 
I don't understand why she got Truly don't. Like, she no. literally got her own feature. They slowed everything down. They stopped everything just so we could watch her walk as if she's like so important. And like, I don't understand that. So yeah. a lot of people felt the same way I did. And there was a petition created on change.org of all places. Who got damn much? I removed from the video all together. So y'all really use the change.org platform, which is what we've been using to sign petitions for the deaths of our beautiful black folks <laughs> to put a petition up there to have this little girl removed. Now I get it. She was aggy, and there's Woo. no reason to be there. But stop using goddamn change.org for that shit. Like, damn. Let change.org be what change.org is for, for change. Okay? Y'all play too goddamn much. Oh, That's y'all's oh, problem. But I'm going to sign oh, it. Oh, my God. This bitch out here. But I'm going to sign it, though, under fake names, so y'all will never know that it was me. Um, y'all never know um, who I am. So just know y'all might y'all might get a little signature for me. Um, it looks like it's on. So it got 54,000 um, signatures. Oh, I'm strong. And, get this bitch out um, It's on track to have 74,000 signatures wow. by the end of the week. I don't even so, think this video been out a week yet. I don't think so either. Um, yeah. yeah, so I agree with y'all. I mean, I don't understand it. Why? I mean, they yeah. they had other black female rappers up in that yeah, thing. Yeah, all looking gorgeous, beautiful. They all looked amazing, but they literally only got like two seconds. Yeah. They gave this fucking girl a whole ass, felt like a whole ass minute to The slow-mo, really? <laughs> you I, might I as well could have gave her some bars if we're doing all that. Just give her some. Exactly. <laughs> like, just... So, it's just continuing this annoying ass trend yeah. of black entertainers just kissing ass to this yeah. Kardashian family, like trying so damn hard to get in with this family. And it's kind of disgusting to me. Like I, I don't like it. So um, I don't understand it either, but y'all really showed y'all asses um, and get off change.org. I mean, change.org, please. <laughs> I mean, y'all could have did that shit on another thing, but not change that or I love it. Oh my god. Talk about mobilized like immediately. I was like, the next day it came out, they were like already 30. I was like, guys, okay. But like I agree with Corey. I don't need to see Kylie Jenner in any music video of any type from any artist. <laughs> I don't care if it's a country artist. I don't care if it's Thanks, she can even do a little care. pop video. I don't need <laughs> Kylie to be in any of the videos I don't I, I just sincerely don't now whatever Meg and Cardi B or the director whatever that decision is like I I'm like okay no we don't need this hopefully they got a shorter version to just put out without her but I'm not gonna like I'm just not gonna waste my time like trying to start a petition or whatever now low-key <laughs> I might sign it <laughs> We're going to use fake names, though. Okay, because I do agree. But, you know, let's, 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 let's prosecute the people that killed Beyonce Taylor. Let's, exactly. <laughs> let's, let's arrest the cops that murdered Brown please. Taylor first. And please. then we can, we can work on this little girl. Okay. Little <laughs> girl. <laughs> I get y'all just... for real. I really do oh. feel y'all. 100%. Yeah. But leave, like I said, leave change.org. Change, leave change.org alone. Okay. Woo. They're probably over there trying to specify with the positions. Now they're like, okay, now we got to specify what positions we do now. <laughs> <laughs> they out here starting to feel it. 
Oh God, I love it. The pettiness of the internet is is quite great. Yeah, the pettiness of black folks on the internet is, is unmatched. unmatched. They should have never gave it to us. <laughs> really shouldn't have. I don't know why y'all did that, but <laughs> truly. But if it wasn't for us, y'all wouldn't have half the dances y'all have. Y'all would have like y'all. It would the internet would have been lit. Half like, the memes. I half mean, the, the shade room. You're welcome. Truly, like. <laughs> Like, it's like half of your welcome for the shade room and half of I'm so sorry for the uh, shade room. Right. <laughs> I am so sorry, but also you're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, y'all really not as funny as us. That's all yeah. I'm gonna say. Yeah, like the internet. I mean, what doesn't thrive off the backs of us? That's all I'm gonna uh, say. <laughs> truly, that's the the real lesson learned. <laughs> it, it is. It is. <laughs> But you know what? Yeah, leavechange.org alone. That is the lesson for the news segment of the day. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with the main segment. All right, y'all. Welcome back. This week, um, I'm going to be doing the main segment. And usually for our main segments, we... Uh, review movies sometimes we have a guest um sometimes we have helpful uh, resources so this week we're gonna do with the resources so um Courtney was bomb enough to find this link it's uh the scriptlab.com and usually they have a lot of helpful like resources and articles for aspiring screenwriters or just screenwriters in general so um the article that we will be looking at is entitled 50 most cliche moments to avoid in screenplays um and this is honestly a gem um this was written by michael lee so shout out to him for writing this for the screenwriters 101 basically it's a list of things that we see all the time in movies um some of them have quite frankly turned into tropes um so i'm gonna go there were so there were some so many good ones i'm gonna go over the ones that i found but Corey can name some honorable mentions and honestly i might go back in and be like oh i forgot that oh i forgot this so (laughs) really really good article and it was funny as hell like we were just cackling (laughs) when we we came through these so the first one um first cliche that i'm gonna uh name this is number 10 on the actual list but making sure we stay away from characters who investigate strange sounds with little or no hesitation now we done the white person in a scary movie uh cliche because every time in a scary movie, you're going to see a crazy sound. And of course, they have the scary music in the background. It's like, what's that? And of course, there goes the white woman, usually. Like immediately. Immediately no. to go in, not to run away or hold the hand of the person, like, let's leave. No, let's go. Take a weapon. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. So even with that, like, even though that's funny and we see that a lot, like, you can create a story without using that sort of trope that we see all the time like and also it's it doesn't make sense it doesn't that's usually not what humans do um next um the one that i pick is number 13 um and bad guys surrounding the hero only attack one at a time now we've seen this in a lot of action movies where these fools (laughs) 
I hate that damn shit. It's like, it don't happen. Like, we have seen enough internet clips of people being jumped. Hopefully not a lot, because that's traumatizing. But usually when people fight and it's like you're surrounded by a bad guy or a crew or whatever, you get stomped. Like, you can get ass whooped. It's not no one at a time. Like, hold on, hold on. Whose choreography is next? Like, make sure you take them that way. Like, no. They go off. That shit is so annoying. Oh, my God. So Please annoying. don't do that shit, y'all. So, yes. Don't do that. Write it a different way or set it up a different way. Or if you are also a director, choreograph it a different way. Like, make it make sense. Make it make sense. Ugh. Please. Oh, so silly. All right, the next one I'm going to point out is number 29 on the list. And it says, two characters of the opposite sex who hate each other the most will likely end up together. I hate that trope so much. I think it sends such a bad message to, like, especially young, like, people where it's like, it goes back to the old saying, like, oh, he's he hits you because he likes you. No, we're not, we not accepting that. No, 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 no. So yeah, I I hate that all the time. Like they set it up where it's like they cussing each other out, and then in one next like screen, they're like, "We're fucking now." It's like that's not real. <laughs> that's not realistic. <laughs> no, no, no. And as petty as we are, we so petty. We got them a change dot org uh, petition to get Kylie. You think you will <laughs> you hate somebody, and all of a sudden the next one you just gonna start <laughs> get by, by. if y'all have characters like let's actually write some characters who actually like each other maybe in a healthy way or even if you want to depict a non-healthy way but this this is old this is old done with such a cliche let's stay away from it um the next uh one that i put on the list is actually number 30 on the list and it's um henchmen or enemy so- soldiers are the worst shots oh it's actually hilarious it's so funny like you like we all have seen those scenes where it's like they all shooting bah, 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 and nobody got shot like just, i thought y'all was trained out here come on Come on. It'd be whole ass like military. Oh my God. So that trope is actually in this movie called, what the fuck is shit called? Olympus Has Fallen. Oh Lord, yeah. Which is a movie with Gerard Butler, Morgan Freeman, and Angela yeah. Bassett where yeah. um, the Vietnamese had taken over the White House. Mm-hmm. It was all these military people, all these trained secret <laughs> service people and they could not seem to shoot not Nan Vietnamese person. I said, what? Now, come on. The fuck? <laughs> y'all have been training for, y'all work for their secret service. No. Y'all are military personnel. How nobody made a clear shot and all of them got killed. All of Let them. Let me tell you something. I said, okay. No. All right. Ain't no trained sniper missing a shot, my dude. Like, exactly. Even not. the snipers miss their shots. I said, okay. <laughs> so y'all want to play today. This time y'all want to play. But guess who was the one person that made their shot? Gerard Butler. I can't. <laughs> the main character. He the only one out of all those secret service people who happened to make his his target. I said, you know what? Goodbye. Because y'all fooling us. <laughs> it's like they don't think that we do they not think that we think about these things? <laughs> I guess they don't. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably my most hated is that one. Don't do that, y'all. Oh my god. <laughs> It's so silly. It's so ridiculous. I I wonder how much those things cost. All that. <laughs> like all of that. That's a good question. Oh my god. Oh yes. Let's, 
if you're writing all these actions action scenes there's other ways to build the tension without just guns going off and just nobody dying in the scene or everybody dying uh or not being able to shoot nobody it don't make no sense like come on now anyway um the last one i have on the list but i'm sure i'm gonna um talk about some more <laughs> oh child oh no i have two uh, two more so uh so number 31 and this is all about action uh heroes rarely pick up the weapons of those they've incapacitated usually with a single blow to the head now what? <laughs> so basically in this scene the heroes they like basically the scene where they get the weapon away from the one person they punch him um they get the weapon away from the person but just with one blow they kill them instead of just picking up the weapon and using it to kill them (laughs) it's like come on now what are y'all doing that always happens always happens that leads me to the other one is where you know they rarely pick up the weapons that they use to incapacitate even though they only have a single sidearm. That's the first thing I would do. That pisses me off. Why do they always do that? Why do you do that? <laughs> like, stop this. Like, nah. You're going you gonna to knock the person out and think they did with one blow to the head. And then leave them with the weapon? As well. And of course, they're going to pick it up. Like, <laughs> like, of course. This is how things become predictable. I know these have been in the movies oh, for so Lord. long, but guys, we cannot keep doing these predictable oh, no. ass things. Like, oh, no. let's, let's do something different, y'all, for real. So, oh my, gosh. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Go ahead, girl. What were some of your things? I'm going to be looking over. Shout out the whole list, y'all. Y'all should, watch <laughs> y'all should I really. Put the, I put the link in the description because y'all got to see this list. So, mm-hmm. one that pisses me, I mean, they all piss me off, to be honest. <laughs> So, number six, characters never have time to eat breakfast that has been cooked for them. Ah. Oh, my God. So, this happens all the time in any type of genre, shows, films, name it. Somebody is cooking a big-ass feast. There's really a feast. First of all, who cooks that much breakfast? There's a feast of breakfast, Ah. and the character just grabs a piece of bacon and says, okay, I'm out. Like, what? Like, that always happens don't understand why that happens i always notice it too so i'm glad that they're calling it out like let's leave that cliche alone y'all yep um number eight clark cars blow up when you shoot them yeah that doesn't really happen like that um but for the sake of movies i guess it does let let's leave that shit alone Mm -hmm. oh number nine number nine heroes walking away unfazed from an explosion behind them let Bitch, me tell you. What? <laughs> okay, that shit would be so hot on the back of my mouth okay like first of all Chef. be that close to the explosion would literally be so goddamn hot and they just be walking out like whatever yeah, they just cool in the game and that shit i'm like i know that shit motherfucking hot first of all it's debris flying everywhere i don't understand I would be lucky, like, if I just, it was just a fade. They just gave me a fade in the back, and that's it. Because, like, third degree burns, like, running away, right. looking crazy. Literally, like, for real. Like, it's it's really not cool. No. Um, but I guess they got to get the shot any way they can. Everybody has that fucking shot of them walking away from the explosion, knowing they got them hot as hell, they booty about to burn off. Like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Whew, I don't understand. So ridiculous. Um... 
yes, yeah, so we already talked about that one. Oh my God, number 15. When characters die, they always have enough time to say something significant before they die. Do not understand this Truly. at all. Too many movies, TV have used this. And I don't get it because if my ass, I've never died before, guys, because I'm still alive. But if I were to die, I don't think that I would even have the brain capacity to say something so life-changing or plot-changing before I pass on. Like, right. somehow y'all love to include this. If oh. y'all could find another way to do this exposition, because I think it is, it will be considered exposition. If y'all can yeah. find another way to do this, please figure it out because I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of somebody uttering, you know, the, I have the cure for the for the virus before they do. <laughs> Bitch, what? Bitch, <laughs> what? Before you die, you got the cure. Okay. That's what you could tell me before. Please. You couldn't tell me before. That is so pertinent. But before pertinent you, before you croak, you want to tell me the cure for the virus that's going to save mankind. Okay, sir. All right. Or All right. Like, please, find another, way, find another way to get this information. Is out. Off. Out of that. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. My so, word. number 16, when a character needs to start their car quickly, it has somehow developed an otherwise unknown issue that prevents <laughs> it from starting at all. Why does this happen, guys? We, I, I don't know. It'd be like, your car is working perfectly, but then when you need it, it's all of a sudden, everything wrong with it. I said, what? At least establish that it's a faulty car or a bad car. Exactly. That makes Let's foreshadow, guys. Let's say, hey, <laughs> maybe put a little hint in there. Oh, my car been having trouble all week, girl. Not just all of a sudden, my car won't start. Oh, my gosh. The killer is on the way. Your car won't start all of a sudden. What the fuck? And you in a new um, Tesla. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. She got she got the eight series BMW. <laughs> Wait a minute, man. She won't start. Okay, sir. Or okay. ma'am. Okay. Um, okay. Number 17, a performer can see their loved one within a crowd instantly. Never understood this one either. Never. Because how the fuck can you see anybody, let alone you just automatically just spot out your damn your damn loved one? Okay. Not with them blinding lights on the stage, child. <laughs> Like what? That don't make no type of thing. No. Um, yeah. So those are just some of them. I'm trying to look and see if there's any. Oh my gosh, y'all! Number forty-one. Oh. Voiceover describes the plan for a heist as we see the action played out on screen. Yeah. Guys, yeah. Let's please kill that. I'm tired. I'm tired. Like I don't want to see it. No Thank you. Let's let's find another way to talk about the heist. I'm tired of seeing the voiceover while y'all doing the damn heist. Like that shit is dead. It's lame. Let's be that alone. Um. <laughs> okay, last one. I mean, all these are funny. But fifty, the last one on the list. CPR only works after minutes of repetition, followed by screaming at the victim. <laughs> Stay with me. Stay with me. It's always that shit. Don't go. Don't go. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh Lord Jesus. It's always um, that yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw another one. It said police <laughs> police officers that taste the cocaine evidence. <laughs> and then in parentheses it says this doesn't happen in real life. <laughs> Right, I'm not gonna lick some goddamn coke. You think I'm gonna lick some goddamn coke, bitch? You got me fucked up. No, no. Uh, 
Like, who grew up with that? <laughs> That's just the bad cops, guys. Not the... <laughs> like, just, ugh, I gotta test it. Hold on. Ugh, like, put the whole goddamn tongue in it. It might be baby powder. You never know. Ah! <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So, this is a really great list. Um, we really went good. through a lot of them, but there's still a lot more that you guys yes. can look at. Definitely implore you, I think that's the right word, yeah. to look at this list, y'all, because this shit, these cliches are so overdone, and we are, we're just, we're, we're done with them. Yeah, um, we're done. We're yeah, so you can take the list, copy and paste it into a document. Yes. Um, Remind ooh, yourself. Yes. So they have some some tips at the top of what you can do with this list, and this yes. is a really good tip. So you take the list, copy and paste it into a document, and with each one, you um, write at least a couple better versions that Ooh, you can nice. utilize within your screenplay. See, come on. Um, so yeah, that's actually a really good tip yeah. because a lot of these are ingrained in our head because we've yeah. seen them so many times that we think that they're cool, but they're, I mean, we're, we're over them, they're overutilized and we want to, let's do something different y'all. Yeah. So if you really, really, really want to get these out of your head, if you really just want to do writing practice, mm -hmm. take this whole entire list, like I said, copy and paste it under each one, do some better versions of how you can do the same thing, but just not as cliche. So yep. very good list. Check it out. Absolutely. Um, this obviously isn't all of the cliches, but these are probably some of the most annoying aspect ones that we probably see all the time that we don't even notice anymore. So That's great big. list. Yeah, great I'm list. definitely going to do that because like I'm out, I'm here cackling and the next thing I know is all written in my thing, like on the deathbed <laughs> saying the last word. I'm like, wait a minute now, let me refer to the list. Well, I write some cliche shit, but yeah, great find. Check it out. And don't forget the link will be in the description. So you guys will have access to it and know where to find it. So shout out to the script lab for this amazing list. Um, yeah. And with that, we'll be back. All right. We back y'all. Yes, we are back. Mm -hmm. um, we are now on to our last segment. Niggas, you should know where we highlight Niggas that you should know in this industry, whether upcoming or veterans, um, we highlighting them because you should know these people if you right. are in this industry and trying to do a little something, something. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to start with mine. I have Daniel Kalua, which we talked about earlier. He's going to be starring in Judas and the Black Messiah. I think that was the name of it. Mm -hmm. Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm -hmm. um, that's not the only thing he's starting, though. You've probably definitely seen this young man throughout the years. He's been killing the goddamn game. Yep. He's a British actor. He began his career as a teenager in improv theater. Mm -hmm. He has subsequently appeared in the first two seasons of the TV series Skins, which is a British show. Um, if you guys have heard of it, he also co-wrote some of the episodes. So, okay, so oh, come, come on, you okay? Come on, come um, on. So he, he played the lead role in Sucker Punch at the Royal Court Theatre in London, oh. and he won rave reviews for his performance. And he won both the Evening Standard Award and Critics Circle Theatre Awards for Outstanding Newcomer. So, scared of him? Okay. Um, so he gained further acclaim for his performance as. Bingham being Madsen in the Black Mirror episode 15 Million Merits, which is the first time I ever Ooh. saw him. Um, I definitely remember that episode. That was the first time I ever saw him. And I remember saying, you know what? This nigga gonna be a star. I mean. And shortly after that, 
he was a star. I mean, so um, yeah, that's probably the first time a lot of you guys have probably seen him. And then he then played Michael Teeley Fry in the BBC dark comedy series Psychoville, and Michael Mac Armstrong in the BBC Three horror drama series the fade so he mm-hmm. has his bbc credits all right um, he appeared as agent con tucker in johnny english reborn portrayed black death in kick-ass 2 and he had a supporting role in the film cesario in 2015 um and then in 2016 he was in get out starting get out mm-hmm. mm-hmm. get out mm-hmm. we read the script for a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago i mean well, just a little small film you know you just a, little, a little independent you know right. film. you know um so yeah he starred in that um movie and he was amazing in it and that was probably how a lot of you guys got introduced to him if you've never seen black mirror before yep Probably got introduced to him through there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's been in a whole bunch of other shit since then. But another notable role was he was in um, Black Panther as Wakabi. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, I think, uh, what's the right-hand man to uh, T'Challa? Yep. He's the one that had that rhino. He just was raising yeah. rhinos of these, like, amazing cloaks. Like- I was like, God damn. Oh, my God. Said, How you tame a goddamn rhinoceros? I was <laughs> like, Damn. <laughs> So yeah, he was he had yep. a little run Black Panther and he was also in the Heist film Widows, which I yep. didn't see, but um I think Viola Dick no Viola Yes, Dick. you're right. Okay, okay, she was in there. She was mm-hmm. in there. So he's been acting with some of the greats and yes. he's be coming up. Oh, he also was in Queen of Slim. How can I forget? Oh, of course. Yes, yes, yes man. Last year, mm-hmm. um, slayed in that. I mean, yes. what doesn't he play in? Um, and then he will also be in Judas and the Black Messiah, which we talked about, playing Fred Hampton, killing yep. the game as usual. We're very excited to see his career blossom. And if you didn't know this man, please get to know him because you see this up. That's all I got to say. Period. Point blank. Well done. Um, yeah. So the person I'm going to introduce, I wanted to kind of, since I missed it, I know, don't, I know the beehive, please don't come after me. So <laughs> I know it's only because I don't have Disney Plus, guys, please. But I'm going to get <laughs> Because I need to see Black is King. And that, of course, was given to us by the goddess uh, Beyonce. Um, But I wanted to highlight, you know, one of the directors that she worked with. And she worked with a lot of directors from um, the continent of Africa. I believe most of them were from South Africa or West West Africa. And um, so today I'm going to highlight Ibra Ike. Um, You spell it I-B-R-A and last name A-K-E. A-K-E, forgive me. Um, so yeah, he not only was he a director on Black is King, but he was the creative director and producer on This is America with uh, Childish Gambino. And he won, um, of course we know uh, that video won many awards because it's amazing. He's the son of Nigerian political scientist, Claude Aki. Um, and he's the creative director again for the Grammy winning uh, produced video, This is America. He's also a staff writer on Donald Glover's Atlanta and shares Yep, credit on Guava Island. So that is starring um, Donald Glover and Rihanna. Um, And you can see that on Amazon Prime. Most recently, um, he directed the socially distant video from Nigerian singer Tiwa Savage, Dangerous Love. Um, And his 2017 uh, short, No to to Ledge, 
uh, features a young black couple spending a day on the streets of Los Angeles, uh, scored with songs by Josephine Baker and Louis Armstrong. So he has like to be recognized in by all these amazing artists, particularly Beyonce, particularly Childish Gambino. Like he clearly has a point of view and an eye and is representing diaspora so i think it's amazing um and yeah you should know this nigga again uh ibra Aiki. and forgive me if i'm enunciating it wrong my nigerian uh brothers and sisters from the diaspora please i'm so sorry but gonna um show him much love and uh yeah we should check out all of the amazing directors that beyonce worked with most of whom come from um you know the continent of africa so yeah shout out to them i promise i'm gonna see it i need to see it because i've been i mean last summer like was it last summer whenever that album came out i was banging it anyway like it was yes oh my god i can't wait to see my power truly like i cannot mm. wait to see that visual i'm probably not ready but i'm sure you guys are like girl we on to the next you late i am very late <laughs> um so yeah so check out his work i definitely think he's a nigga you should know ibra Ike. Yep. Yes. So shout out to these two young men's for game in the industry lately. If you haven't heard of them, like I say, you need to get hip because you sleep as fuck, and we ain't got time for sleep as fuck, motherfuckers. Okay. Um. So yeah, stay woke, stay awake, and uh, stay healthy and safe. Yes. that concludes our episode of Tinseltown Tea today. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Hopefully you guys learn something. Hopefully you guys actually do the little exercise with the cliches so we can get those shits out of our scripts and get some more original content out there for the folks. So yeah. Um, yeah. Follow us on the gram, yep. on Twitter, on Facebook. We on all that stuff. Let us know what you think of the episodes and just say hi if you want. I mean, that's yeah. cool too. That's cool too. So bye y'all. All right. See y'all next time.